Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and uh, this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I have been meaning to leave one of these sooner for you. <laughs> but you got to realize something. October for me is so insane that I find myself frequently staying up basically all night doing overnight radio or investigations, but then I have to get up during the day to do regular people stuff in the day, and then at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm out there having meetings and socializing, and sometimes I, I find that I have had so little sleep over a few days that I just literally run out of energy. I, I'm just like a physical machine, and the the batteries run down. As uh, as as you know, the the quote, the the spirit is well is the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I think might apply there, and so I am very fortunate to have so many opportunities, to own so many companies, to have so many projects because I am that type of person who is. Uh, understimulated and I need a lot of stuff going on in order to make me feel excited and keep me interested. But whoo, boy, sometimes it just hits me and I, you know, I just got to sleep for a couple days. Um, for example, tonight I am going to be a guest on midnight in the desert with Heather Wade. Uh, and I have been a guest on that program at least a couple times before. Love it. Uh, you know, Art Bell, owns that show. It's a great podcast. A lot of listeners. I always have fun. I really enjoy doing it. And uh but it's one of those things where it's like, well you got you better get some sleep sometime because you're not gonna be sleeping tonight. And you know, I've been doing late night overnight radio stuff for I don't know, a long time, twenty plus years. And what you find is that, yeah, there have been occasions where I have just popped out of bed and within five minutes I'm on the air because there has been a, a situation where somebody says, look, you know, this guest had to cancel at the last minute or this guest isn't doing such a hot job or whatever. Can you do it? And I'll pop in. And so, because, uh, you know, I've hosted radio and that I think that gives you a lot more insight as a guest when you've worked as a host as well. But even when you do that, when you pop out of bed, um, you're scrambling to make a cup of coffee or, you know, I usually keep some Red Bulls around. Uh, everybody tells me how horrible it is to drink Red Bull. Um, but let me tell you, I mean, like, if I'm going to be up and I'm going to be on the radio and I am going to try to keep people awake then I need to be sharp and I need to be awake and energetic. And so, yes, I will drink caffeine or, um, you know, just grab a hold of some kind of little energy drink. You never know what you're going to have access to. And so the point is you go on and you, you finish the interview and everything's great. And then you hang up the phone or take off the headset. And now everybody who's been listening gets to presumably go to bed, but it's very hard for you to go to bed. So I, so I'm like wired, like, well, you know, I'm not going to be going to bed for, uh, well, 
hours, probably the rest of the night. So it really does kill an entire night when you are up and you're doing a lot of these overnight radio programs. And so that's why you get on these very weird schedules that can easily exhaust you. Um, but, you know, that said, again, I'm very fortunate. I mean, my goodness, it's like we get all this publicity in October. And the, the, the great news is that it carries on. It doesn't just end with Halloween, you know. It continues through November and through the rest of the year, really. Things start slowing down um, around January in, in many cases. But um, but the rest of the year, you know, it, it's hopping. And you know what my travel schedule's like? Uh, in fact, I'll just go ahead and tell you, you know, earlier this year I was uh, in Las Vegas for a while. And I've been to Vegas many times, and I really am interested in spending more time in that area. Um, one of the reasons, simply enough, is that I am interested in uh, doing experiments to win at gambling using ESP and psychic ability. I know that may sound ridiculous to some of you, but think about this, all right? Let's say you actually do have the power to beat the odds. Uh, now, are you going to bend over backward and kiss Amazing Randy's ass and try to get, you know, a million bucks? Or are you going to say, that's peanuts. I'm going to go to Vegas where there are thousands of opportunities for me to go in and use this ability to make all kinds of money and have fun doing it. Um, but the, the issue is, if you're going to use psychic ability to make money, you have to exercise it every day. It's not one of these things where you go on vacation once a year and there's a casino or two nearby and you go in and, you know, you lose your money and say, oh, okay, screw this, not for me. I didn't come here to lose my money. And you walk out the door. No, no, no. You have to exercise it every day to a certain extent in order for it to really become a disciplined intuition. I have a feeling I'm about to win money. And I know that feeling, and I have interviewed professional gamblers and people who are in charge of big corporations and people who have been very successful entrepreneurs and every one of them believes that they have something they will at least call an intuition, a feeling, when something is about to work out and be positive and productive and profitable. And so that's what I'm really interested in, is going to a place where for a period of time, I can start doing an experiment. I mean, you know, you know the great news is, yeah, it's an experiment that will pay off. But, you know, in life... You can never really have enough money because there are so many other people who also need money that you can help. I mean, you can always raise money and give it away for charity. In fact, it's kind of interesting. Um, I have read a lot of books that are similar to the one that I wrote, you know, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, in which people talk about the power of generosity and the power of giving things away. 
And in one of these books, I remember them talking about a very rich man in, in America. I don't remember his name right now. I'd never heard of him before. But he was one of those guys who became a billionaire and decided that he was just going to give all of his money away. That was what his big decision was to do in life. And so he started just handing out money left and right and, you know, various amounts for various purposes. Wasn't doing much filtering. I mean, just giving his money away and found out that it was impossible. That every single time he would give his money away, it would create so much goodwill, so much admiration that inevitably more money than he gave away would always come back to him in one form or another, whether that were was in the form of businesses picking up or people giving him more money to give away or whatever. But the, the bottom line is the guy said, I was already rich. He said, now I have more money than I even had then. And all I'm doing is giving it away as fast as I can. Now, if you practice this in your life, giving away money, um, and, and I, I've talked about this before, I believe you, you should try your best to do it anonymously and privately because otherwise it's an ego thing because people are going to want to come and shake your hand and thank you. And, all, and that's very nice. And it's, you know, But you're better off to avoid any sort of... Uh, uh, ego involvement. If you just start giving money away, and and you know you don't want to get crazy with it at first, you know just but 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 give away enough to just make you a little uncomfortable. You know, like it's like working that muscle when you go to the gym. You think, oh boy, I don't I I just lifted 150 here, but if I lift 160, eh, this is gonna hurt. Yeah, well that's what you do. You gotta you gotta push it that extra 10 pounds in order to get the um, the muscle to sort of break enough to grow back and be stronger. That's how nature is designed. So you need to give away just a little bit more than makes you comfortable, just to make you cringe a little bit. You know, like, ugh, I, have I gone too far? And what you'll find is that, you know, it, it comes back to you. So I tell you this because when I say that I'm interested in going to a place like Las Vegas and doing some serious experiments, I'm not just talking about um, – going there in order to make money so that I can go out and be, you know, even more wealthy or whatever. I'm talking about the fact that you can go there and you can you can take that money and you can do good things with it and put it into research. Like, for example, one of the things that I plan to start researching uh, very soon uh, over the next few years is the mosquito problem. And that comes from my time spent in Puerto Rico and how much of a, a burden mosquitoes have been to me personally. Mosquitoes love me. That's one of the really nice things about not being in Puerto Rico is that uh, in Puerto Rico, you got, I mean, for me anyway, I had to keep bug spray all over myself at all times. And you're kind of sticky and you don't smell that great necessarily. And sometimes you'll pick up a plastic bag and you'll find that the red or blue ink from the plastic bag is kind of dissolved and leaked onto the surface of your skin. And so there are all these like weird chemical issues with most of these sprays that you put on. But you also, you sure as heck don't want to get some of these mosquito-borne illnesses. Um, so that's one thing that I, I would like to you know set aside for a particular funded research project. So, 
when it comes to this idea of of charity, um, there really is a paranormal, magical, psychic aspect to the spirituality of giving and karma and the balance between what you give and what comes back to you. Um, and so that said, uh, like, for example, uh, my friend Santero Longley always says, look, it's a basic part of uh, Ifa, uh, which is the religion that he's a priest in. And he says, you, you must give in order to receive. And I actually said that one time, and a woman contacted me and said, I don't believe that. She said, I don't think that you have to give in order to receive. And I thought, well, why? Why would this bother you, you know? And she said, well, because, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, well, then you just get to receive all the time. And uh, there's no giving required. Huh? Are you serious? Like, I'm not going to get into a religious discussion here, but I think that just about any of the admired spiritual teachers throughout history, especially Jesus, talked about being as generous and charitable as possible. And, you know, again, I'm not going to give you a, a religious lesson here, but I find it amazing that in this day and age, you can even say something as simple as, you must give in order to receive, and have somebody pop up like, nah, 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 that is bull. You, yeah, you don't have to give. You can just sit back and take all the time. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. It's crazy. So, I was telling you that uh, every year around holiday time, I start... Um, selling or auctioning off some of the things from the Asheville Mystery Museum and my personal collection that I just do not have space for anymore. It's as simple as that. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I, I have a storage unit. It's a big one. Not a little one. It's a big one. I can't even walk in there. It's got so much stuff in there that for many, many years, when I first started doing Speaking of Strange, there was no podcasting and there was no permanent recording. So I would bring a boombox into the radio station and I would record uh, the shows, literally, because I'm, there's an antenna extended and I'm picking up the broadcast coming through the air and recording it onto a cassette tape. And I had to remember, in addition to everything else I was doing, to reach down and to flip that cassette tape every 30 minutes. <laughs> and I was always so busy, I never even had enough time to label those things. And I would just toss them into a box. And I ended up finally, after years, having a box that was almost waist-high to me and so damn heavy, I could barely even lift it. And I took that box of cassette tapes and I put it in my storage unit. And later on, my brother-in-law, Charles, who was a big fan of the show, was kind and generous enough to say, you know what, I would love to listen to those old shows and I'll take the time to listen to them, to digitize them and to organize them so we can re-release some of that good old stuff to the public. 
And I thought, that is so wonderful. That is so amazing. I went to the storage unit for Lauren, and we must have spent almost an hour and could not find this huge box of cassette tapes. I know they are in there because my buddy C. Eric Scott helped me carry them and put them in there. And, you know, they've been sitting in this area where, you know, it gets colder and warmer than it should and all that. It's a storage unit. I don't even know if if they're lost. If they're, you know, maybe, maybe you might find them in the Akashic Records, uh, but they might be so, you know, worn out that now there's not much on them. I don't know. But that gives you an idea of how much stuff that I have. And it's bizarre because I have... I have given away so much. I have trashed so much. I just have this natural ability to collect things around me. And, uh, and a part of me loves it, but then there's a part of me that says, okay, this is, this is like a hoarding type talent. You know, you have, I have a talent for hoarding things. I guess, you know, people who have a museum likely have some kind of a proclivity for hoarding. You just get mountains of stuff and you don't even know what you have anymore. And so having a museum, the Asheville Mystery Museum, gave me a very good reason to to buy things that I frankly don't even have anywhere near the space to display. Um, I mean, as you know, my Asheville Mystery Museum, it's in the basement of the Asheville Masonic Temple. Uh, I mean, every inch is just packed full of things. So during the holidays, I try to sell things or auction things off that I can give to charity that I'm never going to use or never going to display. I hate selling every single thing, to be honest with you. But, you know, again, I'm... I think the worst thing you can be is is somebody who's so attached to the material world that you let you know yourself sit around with a mountain of junk building up around you like you're literally a pack rat. So lucky you, um, if you're one of these people who likes to have a really interesting gift for somebody, uh, something that's more special and unique. So I created this whole brand new website where I'm going to be doing that this holiday season. And uh, it's called unusualauctions.com. This is something I've been thinking about for almost two years. And uh, if, you know, if it does well in the holiday season and people like it, then who knows, you know, maybe I'll expand it and do more with it. But for now, uh, it's brand new, unusualauctions.com. Now, if you go there, you are going to see all of these interesting items from my personal collection and the collection of the Asheville Mystery Museum. And if you win the auction for one of these items, you will receive a nice little card signed by me, not some printed signature. I mean, I take every card, I take every item, I take out my pen, I sign every card, authenticating that this came from my personal collection. Um, now these items, you know, they're, they span the spectrum. Um, you know, a lot of it's paranormal. I'm sitting down here right now and I'm looking at what we currently have listed. And so I'll just give you some, uh, some examples. Okay. I've listed a, a Mothman necklace. That's really cool. A, um, 
Ooh, this is this is one of my favorites. I really hate to let this one go. Vintage ESP testing kit. Um, I start all these auctions at ninety nine cents without a reserve. Everything's powered by eBay, so you do need an eBay account to do this. Um, the ESP testing kit. That thing should be worth probably about five hundred dollars maybe $600, I'm thinking. And right now, it has seven bids, and it's at $5. Can you believe that? So if somebody won that auction right now, I would grip my teeth, and I would sell that thing for 5 bucks. But I wanted to do it this way, to just get these things moved out as quickly as possible. Here's something wild. <laughs> of course, you know Linda Blair, the actress who played Reagan in The Exorcist. Some consider it the most horrifying movie ever ever made. Well, we all know that she was vomiting what looks like pea soup. I think that's what they actually used was split pea soup. And uh, so I have a split pea soup can signed by Linda Blair. <laughs> How cool is that? Uh, I have a, a naturally shed deer antler wand with a quartz crystal on top. And by the way, I want you to know something. I'm never... I don't buy animal products that, that, that I don't feel good about. So, like, this is an antler, again, that was naturally shed by a deer. I would not buy this and offer it if this was from a deer that had been killed. Uh, so you can rest assured of that. I have a creepy clown that plays eerie music. It's like a clown's music box. It plays um, uh, Send in the Clowns. Yeah. <laughs> I have a vintage last rites kit that a priest would use if he's going to sit down with somebody who is about to die. That's got nine bits right now. That thing is at $20.50. I mean, that thing should go for that is that is that should be definitely worth over a thousand bucks, but it's only at $20.50. Uh oh, oh, this is one of my favorites. The Shining, you know the movie The Shining with Jack Nicholson? Somebody had a brilliant idea to turn the Overlook Hotel from The Shining into a snow globe. And so how cool is that for the holidays? Uh, oh, I have a prosperity necklace. That's very popular uh, with a beautiful gold uh, stone. Uh, or I'm sorry, a glow, uh, it's, it's a gold tone necklace with a blue stone. And occasionally, I'm going to put stuff on here that is like crazy rare. So this is too long of a story to go into right now. You can read more of the details, but you know, um, I was hired to work on the Warner Brothers movie, The Apparition, and that was a horror movie about some people who are generating ghosts for an experiment. And so Warner Brothers contacted me and asked me if I could uh, work with my colleagues to produce the actual experiment. Well, one of the things that we used, which is featured on screen in the Blu-ray uh, bonus sections there, is, an, is a functional EEG machine. So we're talking about a brain wave monitoring real EEG machine from the Warner Brothers movie, The Apparition, that was used on screen in the Blu-ray where we were doing our experiments. This is the first 
on-screen item that I have ever offered from that Warner Brothers production. And you'll find it listed there as a buy it now. Um, so, you know, you're going to find movie props. I mean, like today, I bought some more cool stuff that's just like, you know, <laughs> it's funny because sometimes I'll have stuff in my collection. And then sometimes now that I have this page, Unusual Auctions, I'm like, man, I need to buy this. I don't have a place to to present it right now, but I need to just buy this and put it on the on the website because I know other people are going to enjoy it. So, you know, there's a combination of stuff going on there. The money from this goes to both charity and operating the museum and all that. So go check it out right now. These Since these items are um, unusual, you know, they'll come and they'll go. It's not like when you go to, like, my curiosity shop and you see all the things listed there. No, you can go here and just look at all this weird shit at unusualauctions.com. So, anyway, um, we'll just, you know, kick back and see how that goes. So, now, now that we are transitioning very quickly into November, well, I have plenty of other unusual things to tell you about in my upcoming podcast. I do want to get into the Brown Mountain Lights a little bit more since this is the peak time of year to see them, in my opinion. But also, I want to tell you some things that I've learned about my research from Brown Mountain and how it relates to other places on Earth where people are seeing weird lights, like the Marfa Lights in Texas or like the uh, Hestelin Lights in Norway etc etc um my goodness there's so much happening i'm sure i'm forgetting things but i i'm gonna probably try to take a nap or something because i gotta do midnight in the desert tonight so um if you just go to midnightinthedesert.com um you'll see the information there and you can listen to me for hours tonight live talking with Heather Wade. Now remember, this podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. If you go to joshuapwarren.com and you click the link at the top there for the podcast, you can go in and subscribe through many different methods, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, and I will tweet when I have a new one posted as often as I can, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So thank you for listening. Thank you for staying curious. And I'll be talking to you again soon.